Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Moth Her Code. Hi, and welcome to the Moth Her Podcast. Well, I don't know about you, but it's feeling a little surreal to me that it's the end of 2021 and we're about to head into 2022. And I'm going to be sharing some content from the end of 2020, kind of a mashup. 2020, 2021 feels like a mashup in and of itself, right? Like time is so weird. It has been weird ever since we went into COVID for sure. And it continues to be so. In some ways, it feels like it's going at two times speed. Other times it feels like it's been forever. But there are some key messages and things to even just go back and think about how long ago this all seems. Because when I recorded these end of the year podcasts, end of the year, beginning of the new year, year, the election had just happened. That seems like so long ago, but the upset, the unrest, the insurgence of January 6th, all of that. And we've been living into that this year. And I know I've lived into a lot of new realities. It's been a huge year of transition for me. And the messages from these two podcasts were feeling really supportive for me. So I hope they do for you too. Just the importance of, you know, not just saying, okay, finally done with that year or these holidays. And how do I just get through them in some ways? But 
you know, really allow some time for reflection, allow some time to let the feelings be there still from 2020. I don't think any of us have processed that fully. So taking some time to go back and look at 2020 and then everything that 2021 brought us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I know no matter what, and something that hasn't changed, pandemic, no pandemic, is the fact that we are either experiencing and feeling our emotions fully, or we're shutting them off or numbing them in some way. The holidays are huge for numbing emotions. And I want to open up the space and allow us to think differently about this holiday. How can I keep myself in an open space? How can I allow in all the feelings, fear, hurt, anger, sadness, joy, and remember and understand that all of them are good. Something I was reflecting on this particular holiday season, because I always think about this time as like a time of bringing the light to the dark, you know, and so many cultures have done that. And it's a lot of times, you know, what this season is about and the fear of the dark, and we have to bring light to it. But I was realizing and thinking, you know, this year had a lot of light and dark and I don't want to be so dualistic about it. I don't want to treat the dark as bad and something I have to shine light on or make it pretty when it's not, you know, to just be with the dark for what the dark is and be with the beauty of the light and also shining the light on the darkness. And we wouldn't even know there was light if there wasn't darkness, right? So I want us to expand our thinking. And that's what I'm going to be doing this holiday season is reflecting on all of that and seeing the gifts in the dark and the beauty in the dark, as well as the beauty and what the light brings and what the light has brought. I feel like my path has been illuminated in new ways and heading into 2020 two with a lot to look forward to. But then also at the same time, there's a lot of fear of a new year, you know, setting new goals. Everything starts at zero with goals that could feel a little daunting, but to be with all of it. And I think I've said that now about five times and I'm going to keep saying it because I know I need to hear it, that it isn't a time to just over anything, over drink, over shop, thinking that that is going to help us get over some of the pain that we might be feeling from this year. I know I've had it. I've lost one of my closest friends this year. And, you know, that's not something I want to just gloss over. And this holiday will have some big pain points because of that. And that's okay. And that's beautiful. And I think if anything honors her and her memory even more so, because she was absolutely a light in my life and continues to be in in many, many ways. So let's, you know, kind of have that perspective in mind and let's head into 2022 with our eyes wide open. I know this year we've seen things like the great resignation and we're all kind of tired of this or tired of that. And it's going to take a lot of courage, I think, you know, really bringing in full force some of our positive thinking and messages and really utilize some of the energy or the storehouses that we have so that we can really come into this next year ready to go for whatever that is. It doesn't have to be fast and hard. It can be still thinking about what we want in 2022 as we head into the new year. There's no hurry, but I will suggest or say that as mindful as we can be about it and thoughtful and dreamy, you know, winter is a dreamy time. It's hibernation. 
You know, everything is gone inward, down into the roots. That's where everything's happening underground right now. So let's hold that perspective as we are in the midst and approaching winter solstice and some time that we're going to be in this winter space. So all of that I want to leave you with, and I hope you hear this podcast mashup and celebration for me of just a bit over a year of podcasting, which has been a big light in my life this year, mainly for the people I've met, but also an opening for me to use my voice and share and just had such a beautiful response. I'm so, so grateful for my community and listeners. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Really one of my huge blessings from 2021 for sure. And some things have changed. You know, some things are different. I went from rewriting the mother code to the mother podcast, different artwork, uh, you know, some things like that. But I'm very excited to head into 2022, having started and launched a newsletter. And I would love to have you on my newsletter list. That would be the biggest gift, the biggest holiday gift I could imagine having you say yes to being on my list. And I'd love to have you not miss a thing and plan on bringing in some great content in the year ahead and really looking forward to that. So in the show notes of this episode will be the link that you can opt in to my newsletter and give me that gift. That would be amazing. But either way, I hope you keep listening in 2022 and thinking about what intentions are you setting for your mothering journey in 2022? I'd love to hear what they are. Please feel free to DM me on Instagram at, at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. I would love that. You know, you can go to my Instagram and connect with me in that way. I will be taking a break. So this will be the last episode of the year, but I'll be back on ready to go the first Monday of January, I believe with new fresh content and ready for us all to be together and have beautiful, beautiful, amazing year. I expect it and intend for it to be so, and I can't wait to be on the journey with you. So let's talk truth about the holidays. How will it be this year? And how can you mother yourself during this time? And in this episode, we'll look at how we are set up to fail during the holidays. We'll discuss the missing link of our emotions. We'll explore some possibilities venturing into new territory where we come out the other side nourished and ready to launch into the new year. Our new pandemic normal automatically makes it different. So let's capitalize on everything being thrown up in the air. And if we really tell the truth, the holiday season is always stressful, at least at times. But it's stressful in large part because it's impossible to ever meet the ideal. You know, the pictures that we see and everything's supposed to be perfect. The meals, the decor, the gifts. And of course, everyone is happy and only happy. So when did we decide happy was the only acceptable emotion? There are actually four other primary emotions our fear, our hurt, anger, and sadness. And instead of honoring all of them, we've turned joy or happiness into the only acceptable one. And the others, well, those we've turned into the forbidden four, the negative emotions. And we actually believe we can turn off all our other emotions and somehow just have joy. And, you know, so it's no wonder we overindulge and soft addictions go through the roof during the holidays. The minute any one of these emotions, but happy and sometimes even happy shows up, we think we need to numb it 
or push it down in some way. And, you know, this dynamic, it wreaks havoc in our lives all year round, but it gets especially triggered at the holidays. So what if I told you that to the extent we feel our sadness and pain and our anger is the extent we can experience our joy? And not only is it how we experience joy, but what if it was the conduit to connection with family and friends over the holidays? Well, you might not believe me, but neuroscience, psychology, there's just so much research and data on it. It's not even worth even attempting to argue about, but let's look at it. So have you ever seen those videos of babies or like small children erupting in joyful, uninhibited laughter that just goes on and on and they you know, sometimes play off each other or you do something that just sets them off and, and it's just unfiltered joy. Those images are so captivating and we all yearn to feel that joy so deeply, but we forget that babies also only feel and express their sadness, their anger, their fear at the same level. We have all had those emotions socialized out of us to some degree, but we can reawaken them. And it's really important that we do. It starts with awareness. Just let yourself be more aware and curious. Start noticing the presence of all the emotions in yourself and in others. Tensions are so high with everything going on in our world right now. And our lives have been stretched in so many ways this year. Our feelings have not been the problem. It's our denial of them. That's where we suffer. Feeling sorry for ourselves, whining, complaining, angry at the circumstances. That's what, you know, wreaks havoc in our bodies and our systems. So we really want to shift that. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in, and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women. And coming to really take time for yourself. Okay, and that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go. It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? 
So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. Let's go on this journey of awakening our emotions. And when we do, we can look at what does a meaningful holiday look like? And let's explore that a little bit more because like I said, it's easy to turn to media and advertising and our current culture to define what happiness in a holiday is supposed to look like. But if we stop and really take an honest look the how to be happy at the holiday images we're bombarded with daily, they never match our deeper desires. And these narrow definitions of happiness are also passed down to us from our parents and family members. So this is really a time to dig deep into this inquiry. And we have the opportunity, we can explore the landscape of generational messages that have been wired in us. And we can ask questions like, were your parents happy at the holidays? What was celebrating the holidays like in your household? How did your family, neighbors, or friends reflect happiness, contentment, or joy? Think about things that you liked and didn't like about holidays growing up. Tell the truth about them. It's all there. And then once we bring all of this to awareness, then we can choose which aspects we want to emulate and we can begin designing you know, our life really, but starting with our holidays on our terms. And we can start to really formulate a vision for what our holiday could look like. And what's a vision for yourself? And if you have you know, a spouse or children or family, what can it look like for all of you? Well, none of the trappings or, you know, kind of getting sucked into some of the the holiday hype, you know, nothing can replace that. But we don't want to get rid of those either because they're actually in and of themselves. They're beautiful too. the themes of the season, like the, the giving and the gratitude, the beauty of the season, the decor, the lights, the wrapping, exquisite tables with beautiful food on it. When we can be in touch with our feelings and name those and stay in contact with those and when we lose it, come back much less likely to limit our overindulging, to, you know, limit some of the fighting that we get into that really doesn't get us anywhere. And it certainly doesn't lead us toward our yearning. But even if we have those, they're a treasure. You know, that's the gift to think about unwrapping. It's not about avoiding those or thinking like, well, I just won't have that argument or I'll just be nicer. And we're human. We have dynamics and we have histories with our families. And we're going to be sorting through the you know, the dynamics of COVID and how we're all going to be in in that environment. So, you know, it's really going to be an important time to be gentle with ourselves, to explore and see if, you know, you're, are you willing to bring into the forefront the five emotions that I talked about, the fear, hurt, anger, sadness, and joy. 
and know that peace and joy of the season are the legacy of our pain. And we can't have one without the other. And allow yourselves to vision and imagine and dream what it could be like if I'm meeting my deeper yearnings and I'm fostering connection and deeper connection. All of that is available to us, even in the midst of these trying times and probably more so because we are more open. We're more vulnerable at this time. So really, in essence, it's more possible this year than ever. So that's the invitation. And that's the opening and kind of our our entree into the holidays. We're going to be looking at how to mother yourself into the new year and what it looks like to first honor the moments that propelled us through 2020. So transitions are tough. They are so ripe for us to fall into bad habits, even with the best of our intentions as we want to kick off a new year strong. So what we want to look at today is really what it takes to build really strong visions and goals for the upcoming year. We call it a new year just because we decide it's a new year and we're deciding that it's an ending and a starting point. So I think that's really important to note no matter what, because you know we can do this at any point in the year and other cultures celebrate new year in different ways, you know, in Judaism with Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So that's why it's really important that we, you know, don't have some mythical belief that we're going to just you know, be able to walk away from a year because that's not going to happen. So that's some of the bad news, right? But I think it's actually good news. It's important for us to honor a year that we just experienced. The potential from the harvest that we can get from lessons learned this year is going to make all the difference in how impactful and how we power into the next year. So I mean, there's a whole year to look at, right? And if we had time, we'd go month by month. And I've done some of this work myself. But what we want to do is look at, for example, we'll look at three key moments of the year that we want to reflect on and see what it looks like to reflect and learn and take what we can from those. And then we'll look at three things we can do for ourselves as we start the new year. As we look at this past year, I think I talked about in another episode how I every year go on a spiritual pilgrimage to sacred sites around the world. It's really given me a global mindset and insight into practices and ways to honor experiences, to, you know, let go of what hasn't served us and move into what, you know, could help us live more powerfully. But on this last one, we didn't travel anywhere because obvious reasons, right, with COVID. But we did still take and I set aside this week to do what we call an inward pilgrimage. So we journeyed from Zoom for a week together. And I'm underlining this because a big part of, and I really feel grateful to Drs. Bob and Judith Wright for crafting that experience the way they did. And the whole first couple days were us honoring, harvesting, and reviewing the previous 10 months, you know, and particularly, you know, once COVID hit. And I would have never done that on my own. And I'm going to talk to you about this and, you know, plant this seed for you to do. And I will be perfectly honest. I think it's an challenging endeavor and takes some courage. And I almost always need to be doing it, you know, as a group or as an assignment with other people. Because when you decide to reflect and really go back and bring forth what's gone before us, you want to do it from a place of revisiting and really hitting those places. And when we do, 
they really have immense gifts to offer us. I know just like when we're on pilgrimage, we'll have experiences at sacred sites. And, you know, I've had some very profound ones and ones that I've even shared so far, but there's the experiencing of them. But then the real richness comes when we gather back together and share about them. So we want to have that mindset as we go and look backwards at this year. So if we look at three key moments that I think everyone can relate to, that would be the awareness and then the U.S. really, you know, declaring that we're in a pandemic. And in March, when we went into quarantine and then shortly after that, the order to shelter in place. You know, there's a myriad of reactions and feelings I have just even revisiting it now with you all. I feel the fear. I feel my heart racing again. I feel some of the sadness and the upset. And there were some key things I really learned from that time. From the first week, I was really grateful to be part of an organization, you know, the Wright Foundation, where we looked at it immediately from a personal aspect, right? And how important it was going to be if we were going to support others that we first looked at how, you know, it was impacting us and the feelings we were having. Because I know I very much wanted to just think about or talk about how, you know, I immediately went to others. And, you know, I have a, a dear friend who's, highly, highly immune compromised. And so that's where all my initial thoughts went. And then I was asked, well, what about you? You know, and I had, you know, nothing to that degree, but still needed to honor the fact that an event that I had been planning the first two months of the year that was supposed to happen on March 19th didn't. And to really let myself have those feelings. So going back and what did I learn from that? You know, I learned how important it is once we enter into a your reality completely being thrown in the air and, and shifting, that there were ways I really liked how I handled it. I jumped into action mode in many ways and, you know, we're following the lead in our company of turning our whole business to online coaching, online events, and within a week doing my very first webinar. So I saw that and I look back at that and like, okay, you know, you have a large capacity to shift into something new quickly. And I'm also aware of within those first few weeks, how much I really just wanted to hide under the covers, bury my head in the sand. Um, I had a lot of self-pity. I mean, there were behaviors that I saw in myself that I didn't like. And so I've been looking at this year, how am I going to build muscles for times of this, you know, huge stress? And similarly, I had been building the muscle having been working working so much on the transformative opportunity in our stress and in chaos. So I was determined from the start, we're going to use this. So when it came to sheltering place with our family, we really took it on. And I'm moved and, and grateful thinking about the connection and closeness that our family came to be. And that was by me initiating that we do family sessions. And I think over the course of this year, we've done at least six family system sessions with Dr. Bob Wright that has fostered a closeness and a connection that's been messy and challenging, you know, getting clear and current and sharing resentments to get us really working toward what's possible now that we have adult children and what are those relationships going to look like. So that's what's huge to revisit. Personally, the impact of the protests and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and the anti-racism movement that catapulted in so powerfully and so forcefully. And again, looking at both how I liked how I responded to that and didn't like a lot of what I saw in myself and so much to learn in that arena and feel like a real youngster, you know, newborn in it and making plans and our company, you know, bringing in consultants and really taking on an issue that I have before that only given mild concern. 
And, you know, now it's very much in the forefront for me, for our family in a way, but that was gut-wrenching and stirring both to look back and look at it personally, what it meant to me, you know, and again, I liked and didn't like ways that I behaved in that. And, you know, similar theme with all the political divisiveness and people really close to me that have having different opinions and all of this, you know, really starting to see themes for myself as I looked at the year of where I was and wasn't sharing my voice. Where was I speaking my truth? Where wasn't I? Where was I contributing to the problem by staying silent? And I saw way too many examples of that. But all of this to get and really allow myself to then be with so many silver linings. I don't think I can fully be with the beauty and the positiveness and the treasures that this year gave without looking at the dark side for myself. That's starting to allow me to look at the year ahead. Number one key as we look at you know how to best launch ourselves powerfully into the new year is this review. Review your year as vulnerably, as transparently, you know, and I suggest doing it with others, you know, do it with a coach. I'd love to guide you in that process if that's something that seems right to you. But, you know, use others, use support so you can dig as deep as possible and relive these experiences to really allow the gifts and the treasure that can be beholden in them to come forth. And this is so possible and I want it for all of you. The second thing, so once we've reviewed and looked, then start analyzing. Celebrate the year and celebrate the mistakes, celebrate the mess, analyze it. You know, at the Right Foundation, we actually use something called a case process. You celebrate, you analyze, and then analyzing will be, you know, what we've talked about, looking at what worked, what didn't work, what behaviors, mistaken beliefs did I bump up against and how did I handle them? And then how do I want to strengthen those as we look at vision into the next year? So out of that, I can really now consciously choose what I want to vision into, live into for the year ahead. You know, we're not at execute, but we want to start making plans for what that execution is going to look like. And that's going to be more of the goals I set for the year. But as you can see, without this powerful process of the review and the celebrating through the review and then the analyzing, you know, the vision and goals they'll be probably good or decent, but they could just feel like good ideas, you know, and things that you come up with. Let's, you know, soak every bit of juice we can, you know, from a year like that I don't think anyone on this planet has ever experienced quite like for the gift that it is. And we can only do that when we're willing to turn and face it the way we've been talking about. So in that way, you know, we can really allow this as I said, arbitrary ending, but the ending that we're choosing for a year to sit in both of the bittersweetness of it and allow, of course, as I say in probably every episode, our full feelings and really allow those emotions to be there. And it's okay to feel good about some aspects of the year. I know I've had some guilt at times like, well, you know, this has been a horrible year in so many ways, but I really want to celebrate what's been beautiful about it. And all of those emotions are great. And I want them for all of you. And I'll be thinking of all of you, you know, listeners, as I go through this process in these coming weeks, and then particularly at the start of the year. And one last thing I want to leave everyone with as a, you know, a way to, to mark the end of the year, but a way to do it thoughtfully, you know, because New Year's Day can kind of feel like New Year's Eve and day kind of, you know, we have this like, I don't know, limited pictures of how to like live it, you know, party, whatever. So I say it can be really great to think of it as a hologram for your year. So do little like little things that you want to bring into your year. So if it's, you know, something like eating better, 
you're going to, you know, have at least one conscious meal, you know, or something. It doesn't have to be the whole day. You know, you exercise that day, even a little bit, just even if they're micro doses of all the things that you want to bring into, you know, to really get in your mind and get in your system and your body. Like, this is how my year is going to be. And I'm going to live it this way as best I can on this day. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.